Uh, hi there, I'm Christine. Keith here. And this is Your Favorite Canadian, a podcast which this series is about your favorite Canadian actors. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. And here's a little rundown for you. This podcast is essentially a tournament to figure out who your favorite Canadian actors are. Uh, on every episode, members of our panel chat about a select number of actors who have been nominated either by our team um, or by listeners and are facing off head to head. We present, you vote, and eventually one actor will come out on top as the winner of our podcast's favorite Canadian actor. So far, no celebrity appearances have been scheduled, but you never know. We have had uh, 51 nominees, and already we are about one-third to one-half of the way through round one. Um, those that have lost in round one are not completely out. They are going into a wild card round where a select number of those performers we'll move on to round two that's right so <laughs> what we're going to do tonight is uh our panel is back we have tonight heather matt mark and dan tonight we're going to have mike myers as presented by dan hello against uh norm mcdonald presented by matt and our second face-off will be mark with peter cullen yeah against Heather with Dan Aykroyd. Correct. But first, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to reveal the results from our last poll. Yeah, and I didn't even peek. I didn't either. Whew. Me neither. Okay, I'm so excited. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to tell us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dan. So our last poll, there was actually three polls episode. Our first one was Lauren Green against Pamela Anderson sort of a battle of the generational TV stars. And a margin of 69% to 31%, the victory goes to Lorne Green. Yeah. Uh, Lorne Green. When you said 69% to 31%, I thought Pamela Anderson might have had it. Mark. Oh, Mark. So, is this a vote? Is this a vote against Pamela Anderson, do you think, guys? Mm. Yes, I do. Yes. Okay. Maybe. And looking at the, I mean, looking at the demographics, as I love to do, Pamela Anderson had uh, no female support whatsoever. Yeah. I'm not surprised by that. So I, I kind of wonder, is that, because my family did not intervene on this one as they did for Raymond Burr. <laughs> <laughs> also not surprised by that. <laughs> I do feel a little bad for Pam Anderson though for getting a bum rap like that. And I did. Yeah. I watched the pilot of Stacked, and it was definitely on TV. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not her fault because she came very famous, and they wanted to put her on TV. And you know, she was smart enough to to build careers. Too too bad. But still, but yeah, I gotta I win. Know. Yay! <laughs> I, I guess I like, truthfully yet. for me, I think of her like as a celebrity for sure. But I. Mm -hmm kind of forget why and i guess it's because she was an actor for a time but yeah. you know oh, yeah. i don't think of her as as the a favorite canadian actor but maybe a popular oh, canadian celebrity. i think as yeah i think as well i think her pol some of her politics rub people the wrong way especially and in newfoundland especially yes. in newfoundland um <laughs> imagine if she I, was up against gordon pinson right hello. i tell you but you know i think that on top of the fact that her style isn't for everybody you know, there's just a lot. Of, the poor girl has a lot going against her. She was more of a, just a celebrity than an actual actor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Our second uh, results from last week 
was the biggest Facebook vote we've gotten yet, and also the most amount of Facebook comments we've gotten yet, was uh, Gordon Pinsons versus Martin Short. Ooh. By a margin of 61% to 39%, the winner of that one is Gordon Pinsons. Wow. Wow. Yes. Wow. Okay. Wow. I totally thought I got to be honest. I wasn't I wasn't sure we were going to make it. Half of Newfoundland uh <laughs> found Heather Apparently half of Newfoundland is also related to Gordon Pinson. So <laughs> this also helped matters. I think he's quite lovable and very deserving of that win. Yes. Yeah. I think whoever won that one was going to be deserving Absolutely. of the win. You're yes. right. Yeah. Agreed. But, uh, but mostly Gordon Pinson. <laughs> uh, I actually, it's funny. I read, uh, I have Google read me Gordon Pinson's IMDb biography to put myself to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Is it still going when you wake up? <laughs> no, uh, because there's really not much to say about this tired old man. <laughs> <laughs> and Martin Short will. Oh uh, my. I, I do think this was a geographical vote. I think the the right niche found this one. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah. And our third one, uh, finally, some good news for Matt. Um, Rachel McAdams versus Ryan Goslin. Yay! And again, uh, 69 to 31, Rachel McAdams wins this one. Wow. Nice. All right. Wow. Good. Did, was that, that one would be closer. Did we have three votes that <coughs> 69? Like no. three... 69, 69, and, thir- and 61. Okay. Oh, okay. I may have okay. said that wrong. <laughs> 369, so there's a lot well, of 69s. Gonna... That's a lot. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, a, that's a serious finale of Stacked. Actually, it's very just <laughs> suspicious, but it is. Thanks, yeah. Yes. Sounds, it sounds like a lot of people must have voted the same way, though. Do I don't mean? know if you'd have the stats like on a that. Lot of, a lot of like, folks who voted for Rachel McAdams also voted for Gordon Pinson. Mm-hmm. Is that what you mean? No, uh, no, I don't think so. It doesn't look that way. Um, it actually looks like, to be honest, I mean, with some exceptions, uh, I think this is very coincidental um, because most people, like all the people that voted for Gordon uh, and Mar- uh, in the Mar- Martin and Gordon one didn't necessarily vote in the other two. Okay. Um, and, and same, same with the others. Um, we, you know, we have our, our, our regulars or our loyalists that sort of surf in and, and click things based on what they know but a lot of this just seems to have found new people and i've never heard of before so you can see who voted or sure just, yeah just and who they voted oh, for okay. yeah okay yeah cool so so yeah pretty cool um so let's get on to our next presentations let's go uh, we'll start with our first presentation will be norm mcdonald versus mike myers and that's matt and dan and if one of you guys want to volunteer to go first please do i think this is going to be good and I'll go first. Oh, Matt got his hand up first, Dan. Sorry. Oh, did he? All yeah. yours, pal. Okay. Thanks. Well, you know what? I found out today that Norm McDonald is 60. That's crazy. Can't believe Norm McDonald is 60. I also found out he was from Quebec City. Norm McDonald was the hottest comedian of uh, 1986. That landed him a job on Roseanne. He was a stand-up comedian for a year before doing Just for Laughs. That's insane. That's you got to be a really funny guy. And he's in Ottawa. That's a very competitive scene at the time. (sighs) Moving on. Norm Macdonald, after a a very immediately successful stand-up career, uh, started to write for a Once Upon a Time hit show called Roseanne. 
and he did not last long at Roseanne because he quit because he got, uh, I believe what was his dream job at the time. In 1993, he went to Saturday Night Live. Uh, he would, I mean, everybody still recognizes Norm Macdonald from Saturday Night Live, I'm fairly sure. His impressions uh, are what first hit the mark for me. Uh, Bob Dole, his impression of Bob Dole was probably my first extreme exposure to Norm Macdonald. He also did a good letterman, and of course, everybody knows the Norm Macdonald does the best Burt Reynolds that we'll ever see. Uh, Norm's, of course, I guess you would say his big break. He's on television. You don't get to say it's his big break. Norm Macdonald's Saturday Night Live big break uh, came when he finally got the desk for Weekend Update, where he was for about three years and uh, was tremendously successful. Uh, interestingly enough, I was reading today that uh, Colin Jost said uh, the Norm Macdonald is a big influence of his, which I found really strange because Colin Jost is terrible. Note to self, don't invite Colin Jost to my birthday party. Everybody knows that uh, Norm, I shouldn't say everybody knows, Norm Macdonald hates O.J. Simpson. Norm Macdonald, out of the gate, said O.J. Simpson is a murderer. And he said it often, and he said it on television, and it upset uh, some people in high places. I personally think that this sort of... Uh, bluntness from our comedic entertainers is a little missing uh, these days uh, because Norm obviously didn't give a shit. Uh, he would press the point uh, so passionately that he would blame it initially for his ultimate removal. After three years, Norm was removed from Weekend Update, uh, but he didn't want to stay on the Saturday Night Live and just be in regular sketches because at this point he just thinks that's stupid. Uh, but if they fired him from Weekend Update, immediately the, the executive's name was Donald Meyer. This is, you know, I don't want to digress too far, but I do think it's important to Norm's story because uh, Norm was furious and he came right out and again, uh, and one of the reasons why Norm Macdonald is my favorite Canadian is that this is a man that's not afraid to say, this is your fault, you stupid idiot. And he did that very directly to this executive. Now, I think it also bears uh, importance that he would later soften his stance on this whole thing and say that, uh, because of course, uh, I, I should reiterate, Don Olmeyer uh, was uh, OJ's buddy. And I think that was pretty common news in their industry at the time in the early 90s. So what ended up happening is uh, Norm gets fired. He's like, this piece of shit fired me because, uh, because OJ is a murderer and I wasn't afraid to say so. Uh, years later, Norm would say, you know what? I was probably just insubordinate because uh, Norm does his own shit and I respect him for that. Dirty Work was a movie that Norm did shortly after Saturday Night Live. He did it with Artie Lang. Uh, Norm Macdonald would famously say that Dirty Work put him in movie jail. And... It was appropriate based on what you, uh, if you look at the numbers as far as its success is concerned. I thought it was pretty funny. Bob Saget directed it. Come on, how are you going to direct, how are you going to have Bob, Bob Saget directed movie starring Norm Macdonald? Of course it's going to be funny. This is funny shit. Norm, let's go sitcom. Norm is an underrated sitcom. Don't get me wrong. And not to digress too far, A Minute with Stan Hooper is not an underrated sitcom. Skip it. Norm was a wonderfully underrated show. Laurie Metcalf was in it. And all day, because I knew this was coming up, I've been singing this song in my head. Too bad. Not as smart as you thought you were in the first place. Uh, if you hear it, it'll stay with you. Uh, it didn't last. You know, I thought it was really funny, but TV is a very fickle industry, I'm sure. A few seasons, you're gone. 
And then what was next for Norm? I didn't know what was next for Norm career-wise. And at this point, I'm really into Norm McDonald. I'm following everything he's doing since Saturday Night Live, and I'm gobbling it all up. But unfortunately, Norm McDonald started to make what I considered some spotty choices. Uh, he did some voice acting. Uh, in, not that that's a spotty choice, don't get me wrong, but they were really like shitty CGI kids movies. He did, uh, there was something about a, a vampire dog, maybe Dracula dog. I reached out to him on Twitter to ask him why he did it. He did not answer me as of this time. Uh, Match Game, he was on Match Game, whatever version of Match Game was running at the time. I don't know if it was the Alec Baldwin one, but he did some commercials. He was Colonel Sanders briefly. I'm not going to lie, Norm Macdonald is my favorite Canadian. I think these are very poor choices for an actor. And, you know, uh, th this is about his acting ability, but everybody knows Norm likes to gamble. Is Norm Colonel Sanders because he lost $400,000 at a poker game? He'd probably say yes. If you ever saw his roast, I believe it was of uh, Bob Saget, Norm would, uh, he didn't want to roast his friend. So he just read from a 1920s joke book, uh, which was, it's a must see. It's on YouTube. Go find it. Long story short, hey, is Norm Macdonald done? He just seems to be doing TV appearances. He's doing voice acting in shitty movies. He's in a couple of commercials. No, no, we just had to wait. Because I don't know if you're aware, I don't know if you're keeping up, uh, but Norm MacDonald has a show and it's called Norm Has a Show. Norm MacDonald Has a Show. And it's hilarious. And it is a format that works for him, his humor. He gets to shit all over his sidekick, uh, which is obviously something he's very good at. Oh, let me double back. Take to YouTube. Check out Norm MacDonald on Late Night with Conan O'Brien. He's been on it a lot, and it is uh, some of the most seething, wonderful comedy uh, that I've personally ever seen. It's certainly on a talk show. I don't expect much from a talk show guest. Come sell me your shit, that's fine. But uh, this is next level talk show appearance stuff. Uh, so I uh, don't want to go on for too much longer. These are all his career highlights. And, uh, you know, I, I find it hard to kind of, I guess, articulate properly. Like, what, what makes Norm McDonald so good? What makes him so funny? Uh, I find that he sticks true to his vision. He's very passionate about what he does, uh, and he doesn't give a shit. And that's why my favorite Canadian is, you guessed it, Frank Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> Matt and I, I may, have that, Matt. I may have mentioned it on the show uh, a couple of times. Matt and I, great friends for about two years. Life takes you apart. Um, and, and we just reconnected when we started doing this show. But my memory of Matt is... There are a few, but the one that really stands out to me is Matt's impression of Norm McDonald's impression of Bob Dole. <laughs> <laughs> Including doing it many public places, and I believe walking around uh, Dalhousie University during a debate tournament, holding his pen in his hand, just like Norm McDonald did as Bob Dole. Thank you for having me. Any thoughts on Norm? So many, like... His, uh, his work on Conan O'Brien, like you're saying, the moth joke in particular, is just like legendary if you look it up. Uh, the time they had him come back to host Saturday Night Live about a year after he'd left, his whole monologue to open the show took a giant dump on Saturday Night Live right before he started the show. And like he dumps on himself, everyone involved, and just hilarious. He gives so few shits. He's one of my favorite comedians of all time, 100%. One of the things that, uh, that Matt did mention, or didn't mention, was uh, the magic of Norm MacDonald is his, time, his timing. His comic timing is, is, is almost second to none. I mean, I've always said, I've always thought Bob Newhart had the best comic timing in the world. Norm MacDonald's a close second, I think. 
And oh. uh, that he was, of course, an idol of Norma as well. Oh, was he? I didn't know that. That's, that's yeah, Norm MacDonald, a big fan of him. Oh, cool. I had no idea. It's awesome. Also, too, Norm, um, celebrity who wants to be a millionaire. Yeah, five hundred thousand dollars. He won five hundred grand. Yeah, he's the only one yeah. that made it this far. And also, and the you only know what? Him. And you know what? I'll, I'll just have something to say about that. He would have won the million, but Reed just talked him out out of it he had the right answer and then mm -hmm. regis was like do you really want to risk it and he's like yeah you're right i guess not and then regis like pounded him for like two minutes and norm was like yeah that's a lot of money to risk for charity and then regis was like well too bad because you would have won and yeah, if you watch it <laughs> and norm called regis on that too i think yeah. <laughs> oh all right I just remembered one more thing that you didn't mention about norm he uh, also voiced the pigeon in mike tyson's mysteries right I know he did death on a, on a Family Guy at one point, but I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, there's Mike Tyson has like a Scooby-Doo sort of spoof cartoon where he goes around and solves mysteries and Norm MacDonald is a person stuck in a pigeon. And he's <laughs> part of the gang. Yeah, Mike Myers, uh, otherwise known as the Scarborough Scamp. No, he's not known as that. Um, he first actually uh, learned... <laughs> Well, earned his acting chops in Canada, of course, as a child actor. Um, and his first appearance, I didn't know this doing the research, on television, he did a commercial for BC Hydro with Gilda Radner when he was 10 years old. And unlike most other child actors, he didn't get addicted to heroin, and he went on to star in some Canadian cultural uh, cornerstones, um, those weekly episodes of The King of Kensington. And everybody's favorite show, and you guys know how much I love this show. He was actually the the little boy in one of the littlest hobo episodes. Um, I think it's called Boy on Wheels. Um, anyways, the acting bug kept on calling him down the road, and he ended up in Second City Television in Toronto, which is uh, a big stepping stone from there to go on to Saturday Night Live, which he did for – yeah, I believe it was 1989 to 1995. So he was on SNL for six years. And when you think that was sort of the second golden era of Saturday Night Live because they had so much talent, and I don't think there was one guy who had more skits that got past that uh, you know, that legendary uh, Friday night show when they would decide which which sketches got cut and which didn't, which made it. And, you know, you got he had a Chris Farley. Dave Spade, like you said, Matt, Norm MacDonald, uh, Chris Rock, Adam Sandler, like the list goes on. And for that guy in that group, in that room to get his stuff on the air in that pile of talent is really, is really remarkable. You can think of uh, – he had uh, Linda Richman, which is based on his mother-in-law. He had um, uh, Simon – um, he had uh, Sprockets. I can't remember that character's name. Um, and, of course, Wayne Campbell, which went on to be one of the biggest comedies um, of the decade with Wayne's World, Wayne's World 2. That spiraled into a big cultural phenomenon. Um, and it was a character that he completely invented as the whole idea. I think it was one of his – he and Dana Car – he pitched it to Dana Carvey and uh, – he went to Conan O'Brien about it and told him about it. I think it was his first year there he pitched the idea of the Wayne's World skit. Um, then he went on to do many other uh, movies. Um, he did, of course, Austin Powers. He did three of those movies and you know, ended up creating a number of memorable characters there. Um, Dr. Evil, Fat Bastard, Austin Powers himself. 
Um, and then after that, he lent his voice to one of the great, most beloved animated uh, characters of all time in Shrek. Him and Eddie Murphy killing it in the first one. It is a, it's a great kids movie. And uh, and did a few more movies and did one or two not so great movies, um, and then he just started to chill out. He doesn't really like. He's a celebrity that doesn't like being a celebrity. He's really private. He's just basically a stay-at-home dad now, um, and he's just living uh, with his wife and his kids. And um, yeah, he's just uh, was was a great talent, and he just kind of kind of faded slowly in the spotlight, but. And a couple of years ago, uh, your favorite Canadian actor, Mr. Mike Myers, wrote a book called Canada. The book is actually called Canada, and it's a it's a love letter to the country and how much he loves being from here and how much uh, being a Canadian is a big part of his identity. And I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, Mike Myers, vote for him or you hate Canada. Two things about Mike Myers is, yes, he is unabashedly Canadian. Um, so is Norm Macdonald, as a matter of fact. Uh, they both are. But Norm is in Norm's way, and Mike is in Mike's way. Mike is almost Canadian in an American way, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, and the other thing, too, Aggressively is, Canadian. Sort of, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> but um, I don't think anyone should vote until they've seen Mike Myers in 54. Yeah, I forgot to mention that, yeah. That Which, was... Uh... That was yeah. a tremendous performance in a really bad movie that looked like it was going to be great. Uh, Keith, may I interject? Yeah. Uh, I thought Mike Myers was terrible in that movie. I thought oh, he really? had the dramatic range of an old man taking a farce. He relied on the makeup. <laughs> I thought he sucked in that. Really? I thought he was great. That's funny. No, I hotly disagree. But I mean, this is also coming from a place, I don't think Mike Myers is ever true to himself or his art. Austin Powers was watered down immediately. So I Married an Axe Murderer has a few funny moments. It's a spotty mess. He I bit, love that movie. He bitched out on the Sprockets movie because he's a diva. And Bill and Ted is funnier than Wayne's World. Well, what does Bill and Ted have to do with Wayne's World? <laughs> it's, just such a shit, it's like a B-tier Bill and Ted. Wayne's World is a B-tier Bill and Ted. Wayne's I, World, I, Wayne's World I just, is dreadful. I disagree. Wayne's World beats Bill and Ted. Come on. Well, I can't be the entertainment police for us all. Who <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do agree with Matt on that one. Bill and Ted is, is funnier than Wayne's World. <clears throat> they two have nothing to do with each other. No, no, it's, no there is the same no, characters. There's, there's some very, I can see yeah. the similarities. Yeah, I can yeah. see the commonality has been has been noted before. I've read quite a bit, and to be honest, I, I'm a Garth guy anyway in the Wayne's World universe. Um, so my packing <laughs> order is basically, you know, Ted, Bill, Garth, Wayne. You know, <laughs> but no, um, the the Mike Myers one is going to be interesting. Mm. I, I guarantee, had we done this poll in like 1998, 99, mm -hmm. Myers would have killed us. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. absolutely, but. In, 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 in this world that's people's horizons are broader, I, I don't know. I don't even know if he's going to gonna beat Norm, to be honest with you, because Norm has such a rabid fan base. Well, I would like to remind our listeners that this is your favorite Canadian yep. actor. Yep. Actor. And although Matt did – I, I love Norm MacDonald, and I stayed quiet there because I want to win again. Um, <laughs> I think, he, uh, I think he's, he's probably, for me, the top three – my favorite stand-up comics of all time. Um, 
But when it comes to being an actor, he himself admits he's not very good. I think no, his finest role really mm-hmm. was, and I'm not joking, I, my favorite role of his really is Colonel Sanders. That cracked me up when I saw that. I was like, <laughs> what? I thought I was I thought I was having an acid flashback the first time. <laughs> I was like, Donald Colonel Sanders? Is he here? And I can't think of like on Saturday Night Live, I mean, besides the impressions, what characters did he really create? I mean, you got, yeah. you know, you got Wayne Campbell, Austin Powers, Fat Bastard, Doctor Evil, and Richmond, Simon. Um, he had, uh, um, Dem- oh God, what is the Sprocket character's name? Dieter. I can't remember. Dieter. 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 Um, and he also Dieter. played that kid who was. Uh, oh, uh, the ADHD. Philip? Simon. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, Simon was a kid. With me. No, it wasn't Stuart. Kid in the hyper hypo. Yeah, yeah, he was hyperactive uh, and hypoglycemic. Yeah, <laughs> Philip yeah. or something like that. And Maybe that was just on Phillip, SNL, yeah. right? And then in the movies, like yes, he did like go off the rails on Austin Powers two and three with all the other characters. But he's creating all these characters. And Norm, as funny as he is, what's his, what's your favorite Norm Macdonald character? Absolutely, his Burt Reynolds. <laughs> but the thing to that's me, an impression. That's an impression. Okay. No, no, that's okay. not a character. But if you if you go that's back an and examine these Michael Myers, if you go back and examine these Mike Myers Saturday Night Live sketches, not Michael Myers the slasher, I think <laughs> I think Thank you will you, notice bro. that Mike Myers is always in a different wig in a different outfit, making the same fucking stupid face. Go back and watch them all. Start to <laughs> the thing I the thing about Norm's impressions, though, and I, and I'll give this to, to Norm Macdonald. His impressions of Bob Dole and Burt Reynolds, those are the two that really jump out. Are are just Norm taking slight hints of that character. His Burt Reynolds doesn't sound any more like Burt Reynolds than it does uh, <laughs> Sammy Davis Jr. That's just so voice. good about it. He does a lot with a little. I mean, I hate saying it that way because it, it sounds demeaning. Um, I am extremely interested to see how this one turns out, to be perfectly mm. honest. I, I'm always interested, but this one is going to say a lot about who listens to our show and who gets over to our Facebook. So, yeah, let's. Uh, anything else left to say about these guys from anyone other than Matt or Dan? I have all, I hate to say it, I do love his Burt Reynolds, and I do, like, there are a lot of the stuff I do really like about him, but I've always just found Norm Macdonald kind of bland. But part of I'm that's like his, presented Gordon Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> he is Canada's sweetheart. Mary <laughs> mm. Pinford has something to say about that. No, it's not that I dislike him. Like, I can't say I dislike him. I just don't get, like, excited about Norm MacDonald. I don't like YouTube old old SNL clips of Norm MacDonald. Now, I equally don't really. There's a few Mike Myers ones that I like, but I'm not a... I don't know. It's hard for me. Neither of them like super excite me, but Norm, I just kind of find like he was always just kind of under the radar for me. Like he was always just Mm. sort of there, you know? Well, one thing about Norm is you said you don't despise him. There are a lot of Norm haters out there. They're kind of polar opposites in a way like that. You know, like Norm is really understated in his um, presentation, but everything he's saying is highly charged and he takes stands. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's things that can piss people off, whereas Mike Myers' presentation is so big and boisterous, mm-hmm. but everything he does is kind of like trying to be safe and down the middle and as broadly appealing as possible. Sort of, so, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Well, yeah, Norm, you have to listen and kind of pay attention, and you might not get it. Mike Myers really will subtle. You know. He will let you know when he's trying to be funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, again, is, could be a could be a, a, a strike against him, I mean. Mm. 
again, I remember thinking that when I rewatched Wayne's World about three years ago, it's like, to me, Garth is 10 times funnier because of just yeah. the understated, mm-hmm. you know, reaction, not action, I guess. So it can kind of, yeah. I find Mike Myers a little bit like in the Jim Carrey vein of like sometimes it's mm-hmm. like out of like it's nails it, and then other times it just grates on your nerves. Uh, yeah, like, I never, yeah, too certainly. much. And you're just like, okay, like. I'd never put him in the same category, like the same level of category. But no, but I just mean there. in terms of mm. style and that sort of over the topishness at times, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, shall we move on to our next one? Uh, Dan Aykroyd against Peter Cullen. And who would like to go first in this one? Uh, I guess okay. I will. So, Mark is going to present us Peter Cullen. Mark, tell us who Peter Cullen is, those of us who do not know. All right. I suspect a lot of people will not know instantly who Peter Cullen is, but once I get talking, you're going to realize you're very intimate with the man's work. Uh, He's born in Montreal, so another Quebecer like Norm. Um, Got his start in uh, radio and doing radio plays and things like that. Uh, uh, Early... Early on, did a few like spots on the Sunny and Shares, um, but then he got his real big break, I guess you could call it, when he got the role of Optimus Prime in the Transformers cartoon as a voice actor. His role as Optimus uh, was inspired by his brother, who had been a um, Marine in the Vietnam War, and so he tried to make him a little more like understated sort of kind of heroic as opposed to like the big boisterous heroic of like comic books of the time and other cartoons. So uh, I think that lent a certain gravity to the character, which got it to be, he became so iconic as Optimus Prime that when they killed him off, uh, spoiler alerts, in the movie, there was such a backlash, they actually had to write him back into the show because the kids got so upset, myself included, I remember uh, bawling at my own birthday party when Optimus Prime died uh, in the movie. Um, and it, when they decided to do the live action movies with Michael Bay in the 2000s, they went and brought him back because uh, he was just such a big deal. Um, he also had a couple other roles in the show because he was so good. Uh, Ironhide was another major character. Outside of that, a uh, whole slew of 80s cartoons. Uh, he's the uh, voice of Eeyore in Winnie the Pooh. Uh, if Transformers isn't your thing, you probably grew up with a little Winnie the Pooh and Hundred Acre Woods going on. And uh, yeah, it was Peter Cullen who was looking for his tail. Um, outside of that, he was like Monterey Jack in Rescue Rangers. Uh, he did a bunch of voices in G.I. Joe, um, Rainbow Bright, My Little Pony, Voltron, Tailspin, DuckTales, like any cartoon from that era, he probably was on it. Um, outside of cartoons, for live action stuff, he's been involved with a surprising amount of projects. Uh, he was part of the voice talent that helped bring to life The Predator in uh, one of the greatest action movies of all time. Predator. Uh, He also was part of uh, how they developed the noise or the sounds for Gizmo and the Gremlins in Gremlins, one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. Um, 
And oh, there's another one. Oh yeah, he also was the voice of Car in Knight Rider, which was the antagonist Car to Kit. Uh, trying to think, he's been in over a dozen video games as well, um, and uh, he had a spot on In Living Color as well. In just one episode, he had a walk-on spot as a random little thing. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know everyone else feels about voice acting but i've always been a huge fan and the range he shows like he's you know venger the bad guy from dungeons and dragons to like the most iconic at least one of the most iconic cartoon heroes of all time optimus prime um just wildly talented uh yeah uh, the list goes on and on. Go on to IMDb and just scroll through and see the things he's been involved with. And yeah, you probably didn't know his name, but I guarantee you he's been in your ear holes before. And that's why he deserves to beat Dan Aykroyd's crazy ass as your favorite Canadian actor. Mark, sorry, I had to drop <laughs> the thing. Uh, did, did you mention Eeyore? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Oh, yeah. Uh, have you watched anyone that watches interviews with Peter Cullen? What an unassuming, nice, gentle seeming oh, yeah. man, eh? You know, and yeah. that story about his brother advising him how to develop Optimus Prime on his way to the audition was just such wow. a story. Yeah. And like the it's he stands out so much from all the other heroes of that time. Like all those cartoons, everyone's like big and bombastic and like the big hero, and then here's Optimus Prime, just it's gravity to him, you know? Makes you want to Walk Follow his example. Talk softly and carry a big stick or something like that. Yeah. Optimus Prime didn't have to yell. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> he was a really big truck. Yeah. Yes. So no, he really didn't have to yeah. He was a really big truck. He was a really big truck. A friend of mine was at the theater when the Michael Bay movie came out. Um, I, might, I think I mentioned this on the other episode, but why not? Um, as soon as Optimus Prime started talking... <laughs> half the theater burst out in applause because they mm. recognized it was the right yeah. voice. Same and thing happened in the theater I was in too, actually. Nice. Okay, yeah, so I mean, it's it's an iconic voice for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's just the one. That's the funny part, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, I had no idea. He was also worked on all of those other cartoons like that. And that's, they're just all my favorites. <laughs> right. But at the time well, I was not paying attention to who was voicing what. Right. So, well, well yeah. there's that gaggle of guys like, uh, I mean, Rob Paulson, Frank Welker, uh, uh, John Kassir. They, I mean, they were all Peter Cullen, of course, they were all just eighties, <clears> nineties, <throat> even to today generation of, uh, of, of voice actors that, you know, they were Ninja Turtles. They were Denver, <laughs> the last dinosaur, if you remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah. They were all these things. Popples, Care Bears, Cabbage Patch kids. <laughs> that reminds me, actually, there's a couple of roles I totally forgot. He was King Kong in an early movie. He was Mario in the Saturday Supercade. Like, just, it boggles the mind how much this man has done. Yeah. That's an IMDb page worth viewing. 100%. It's kind of hard to believe that Optimus Prime is Eeyore. Yeah, I know, right? Eeyore is Optimus Prime. That's just how good of a voice actor he is. I know. Monterey Jack, for for that matter. I mean, that (laughs) Chippendale Rescue Ranger. Yeah. Yeah, about that show. Yeah. It's a good show. Hmm. All right, Heather, do you have anything to say about Dan Aykroyd? Yeah, I got a couple things here to say. Very good. Okay, so another 
SNLer, the third one tonight. Um, so upon reading about Dan Aykroyd, I always, anybody who's been following the show probably knows that I tend to go for the patriotic ones or the ones that kind of represent Canada in a way. Dan Aykroyd, not only born in the nation's capital, born on July 1st, um, his father was a policy advisor to Pierre Trudeau. Mm. How much more Canadian can you get? His mother was French-Canadian. So, you know, cover both sides. Um, until he was 17, until 17, he was going to be a Catholic priest. Then he studied criminology and sociology. A little bit of a veer there. Then totally veered off, went to Carleton University, but dropped out to become a comedian. Uh, so he started working at a comedian in various nightclubs and actually ran his own after-hours speakeasy called Club 505 in Toronto. He, his first professional experience at 17 was as a member of a short-lived Canadian sketch comedy series, The Heart and Lorne Terrific Hour, with Lorne Michaels. So he was a, he being Dan Aykroyd, not Lorne Michaels, he was a Second City member in 1973 in both Toronto and Chicago which, as Dan said, was kind of a precursor for a lot of the SNL cast. Um, to be a part of both was probably a pretty big deal. So he was originally hired by SNL as a writer, uh, but became part of the cast before the series premiered. He was the youngest member of the cast and appeared in the first four seasons from 75 to 79, where he did lots of characters. I can't even list them all. Um, in a Rolling Stone, a 2015 appraisal of all 141 SNL casts to date, Aykroyd was ranked fifth behind Belushi, Eddie Murphy, Tina Fey, and Mike Myers. This is the quote from uh, Rolling Stone. Of all the original greats, Aykroyd is the least imitated because nobody else could do what he did. And if you think about it, he is probably like, he kind of flies under the radar that way. Like not a lot of people do try and imitate him. Then around this point in his career, he meets John Belushi. And, of course, a very famous history begins. I found it interesting to find out that the idea for the Blues Brothers arose out of their first meeting. Um, apparently, Belushi was more of a heavy rock fan. And Aykroyd kind of played him some blues music. And sort of they spent the whole night listening to blues. And Aykroyd kind of bringing him over to the blues side. And then with some guidance and a little bit of pushing from Paul Schaefer of David Letterman fame, who was w with SNL at the time, he convinced them. Aykroyd had this idea for this script and he kind of convinced them to go ahead and do it. Uh, yes, yeah, so Blues Brothers, he co-wrote with John Landis. Obviously it was a huge hit. Um, it would be followed by lots more writing. He eventually got into directing in 1991 with Nothing But Trouble. He has produced, obviously. He wrote, of course, Ghostbusters and was in Ghostbusters as well. Another classic favorite. He's had a few kind of hits and misses over the years. But generally speaking, even his sort of critically acclaimed misses were still box office hits, a lot of them. In 1997, he got into television and starred in two seasons of the sitcom Soul Man. He's done voice acting in such things as Ants, Yogi Bear, and Family Guy. 
Um, he wrote and appeared in Ghostbusters, the video game. And he's also done some other video game work, which I thought was rather interesting. So he's kind of covered it all. Awards. He won an Emmy in 1977 for his SNL writing. I think he's been nominated two other times for SNL writing. And he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Driving Miss Daisy. Another one that we don't always remember that Dan Aykroyd was in. Because he, like, he did do a good share of serious movies as well. He is a former reserve commander for a police department in Harahan, Louisiana. He is currently serving as a reserve deputy for the Hines County Sheriff Department in Mississippi, which kind of cracked me up because I don't know if he even has ever lived in these places. He's a well-known spiritualist. He, of course, has ventured into the business world. He has his skull vodka. He has described his relationship with John Belushi as them being kindred spirits. Anybody else want to fill in the gaps of my... Well, Can I say a couple things about Dan Aykroyd? Absolutely, Matt. Thank you. Uh, first of all, the fact that uh, in some sort of ranking you mentioned that he was mentioned after Mike Myers is a war crime. Uh, Ghostbusters. <laughs> hey. You don't really need to say a lot about Ghostbusters. Uh, rest in peace, Harold Ramis. It's legendary. But one mm. character, you mentioned all these characters on Saturday Night Live, and he was so good on that show. And I don't, I'm not a big Dan Aykroyd guy. Like, I don't like the blues music. I don't like the blues brothers. Uh, I don't like any of that shit. Uh, but... The One of the best characters I've ever seen on television, and I'm a shitty stand-up comedian, and uh, one of the things that I really found uh, that provided me with, I don't want to say inspiration, but something that I was like, that's the kind of shit I want to do, was when he played Erwin Mainway, Mainway. sleazy toy salesman. Yes. That is... The one of my favorite characters of all time yeah. on Saturday Night Live. Nothing but, tru- nothing but trouble is weird and absolutely worth a second look. Mm-hmm. The Great Outdoors is one of the underrated comedies of the 80s. Love that Such movie. Such an amazing so movie. I agree that his dramatic range is great. And uh, I really like Dan Aykroyd because he is very obviously a weirdo and uh, he just goes about his business. Like you said, it's it's very hard to to duplicate him because there's just he has that je ne sais quoi. Like, what the fuck is that? It's just Dan Aykroyd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his yeah. interviews these days, he's like super on about alien abductions and shit like that. And like, it's Crystal Skull vodka because like, I don't know if you've seen the Indiana Jones thing with the Crystal Skull. He's riffing on on that and that's why he named his vodka after these alien skulls that people find like i grew up super hard on dan Aykroyd with the ghostbusters my dad loved the blues brothers i still have that in my regular rotation although blues brothers 2000 is as awful as the first one is good but uh yeah he's gone cuckoo bananas though well apparently he's always been he's always identified as a spiritualist Mm -hmm. and within that sorry dan go ahead I was going to say, didn't he host a show called Paranormal Activity with Dan Aykroyd? Absolutely did. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And it, it was, yeah, he's he's yeah he's big time into that. And I I heard him on, and you guys can rip me if you want. I do listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> no, no, and, no. And no. uh, I please I I I enjoy it. Uh, and he said when he was a kid, he's pretty sure he saw an alien. But his father was a spiritualist and actually has yeah. written books. So it's he grew up oh, really? in this very like spiritualist. His dad's a member of the Lilydale Society, and he believes in UFOs, and he's very much into all of that, mediums and like mm-hmm. the whole bit, and not and like unapologetically so. Like he'll talk about mm. it for ages, and is very into it. So yeah, and his Crystal Skull vodka 
is also like filtered through some sort of crystal. The, the type of crystal has a yes. name, but I don't know it. And no, my yeah. dear boyfriend and father of my unborn child just came in to tell me that it is also brewed in Newfoundland. So yeah. all of my relatives and Gordon Pinston's relatives and Shit. everybody else <laughs> vote for Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Yeah, they he uses the uh, the um he make uh hi words. Um, <laughs> Are you also pregnant, Dan? He uses the water from the icebergs. Yeah, he makes yes. the vodka with. His brother Peter also had a, a reasonably successful writing career. Uh, was a mainstay on, on Saturday oh. Night Live and, and oh and wow TV as well. Um, I would be willing to go as far as to say that Dan Aykroyd is the most underrated member of Saturday Night Live of all time, or none, underrated. Yeah. Um, I, his versatility with yet remaining funny, especially in those early four mm -hmm. years, the first four years, mm -hmm. you need that utility player, the, the guy that Phil Hartman became um, and the guy that Daryl Hammond became. Um, and, and that was Dan Aykroyd, but he took it further. I mean, Coneheads was one you didn't mention. Ir Irving, yeah. Irving Mainway yeah. oh, is one of the Conehead. funniest things ever. Oh yeah. Just like a bag of broken glass. Exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. just, yeah, it's brilliant. I think yeah, under, under, so like it's such an understated thing. And it's not that he was understated because he was definitely as manic, but I mean, he was there with, with Chevy Chase, John Belushi. Bill Murray, uh, Garrett Morris, who who was, you know, a heavy hitter at the time, um, but I, I mean, Aykroyd was your your everyman when he wanted to be, and he was just as crazy as the like the Fenstruck brothers with uh, with, with Steve Martin. So I mean, uh, one, I always think of Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah, tremendous performance in a good movie. Mm. Um, well deserving of the Oscar nomination. I don't have in front of me who won that year, but I would have absolutely said winner. Um, and of course, uh, a tremendous performance. It's what a supporting actor should be as the dad in My Girl. Yes. was just, I mean, I can't think of anyone else who would have nailed that role so well as just this, lovely, wonderful guy who was just so confused about what do I do with a girl? Yeah. How do I raise this little girl with, with no mother around? And every bit of caring and it was like a he was like a if if Atticus Finch and Mr. Furley had a kid and, it, <laughs> and it, to me it was just a masterful performance. And uh But I think it, you're I think you're right. I think because he's kind of so overrated sometimes and he's just mm -hmm. he has done so much stuff that you almost sit and go like when you're asked to sort of remember his filmography you're kind of like oh right yeah and he was in that and he was in that and he right and then he did that and and every time you think of them you're like and he like he did a solid job in that mm -hmm. you know and i mean i would put great outdoors up there with almost any one of you know those 80s movies love mm -hmm. that movie planes trains might beat us but other than that i mean 
for for that gaggle of of that type of comedy that was mm-hmm. going on, Great Outdoors, <laughs> and it's still funny today. It's still funny. Yeah. Um, my 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 favorite Dan Aykroyd role might surprise. I love the Blues Brothers. Grew up watching it. I know a lot of people either love it or hate it. I love it. But my favorite role is when he plays the hitman in Gross Point Blank. Tremendous. <laughs> yeah. And and, and he gets brutally killed in that movie. Like his death scene is just yeah. like cringeworthy, but he's so funny in it. He's trying to start the Hitman Union, yeah. and it, it, it's kind of shades of like one of those characters from um, the '70s and Saturday Night Live, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. Hey, I don't want the belly. You know, it's just it's just such a fun role. Yeah, he's and he's like he's done so much as well. Like as far as writing, producing, directing, like. Um, I actually have to be honest, I wasn't aware that he was a writer on SNL. I wasn't aware that that's how he started. So mm-hmm. he started right out of the gate on the creative end of things. And then he has all these business ventures. I forgot to mention House of Blues. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. like co-owner of the chain of House of Blues, which is awesome. He still has like a semi-music career, like yeah. still playing gigs with the Blues Brothers band that still exists <laughs> and doing Did other Sean stuff. Sean Goodman take over? Or something yeah. like that for a while. He did or, in a couple Belushi, of appearances. Yeah. yeah. And, and, Jim and Jim Belushi. And Jim yeah. Belushi, yeah. 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 And the band also like has gone on and toured like without them, like just on their own. Oh. Um, but yeah, and he's still very Canadian. He's still has a residence in Canada. He obviously like has a lot of businesses here. He does a lot of charity work in Canada. Um, and is apparently like a lawman in some random southern states, which kind of took me by surprise wow so that's our two presentations um now unfortunately due to scheduling uh we didn't have mel tonight but mel is going to record her pitch for nev campbell and christine is going to record her pitch for matthew perry to keep it fair um and we're going to throw them two in the ring with each other you guys will hear it actually before all of us hear it except christine is going to edit this um (laughs) so uh any thoughts on uh Nev Campbell versus Matthew Perry. Like of all the actors we've put up so far, these two are the most kind of on par for me. I agree completely. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. uh, the, the, the presentations are really going to decide that one for me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Their heydays were like the same time. They were both around the same level of famous. Yeah. I have Kennedy to be honest, Nev Campbell's voice, I don't know. Like I know this is unrelated to a lot of things, but her voice just irks. Mm-hmm. the shit out of me and when she <laughs> cries on camera i just want to punch her in the throat i mean i know i'm biased here but your voice is an important part of uh your acting toolkit yeah this is true so yeah i just find her nasally and whiny and i'm just like oh for god's sakes i think could you be any more annoyed by her well, well there you go <laughs> yeah, see? there you go you could also yeah. be very annoyed by the other one as well so that's why exactly they're, they're very oh. much on par these two i can't wait for the puck i actually am i i like if i'm gonna rank the friends uh chandler is number six for sure uh, i've always <laughs> yeah. i always found him i mean i'd take wow. gunther over him he was always i found a little Oof. crazy you know what yeah. i mean and, yeah uh, by design and then like later yeah. in yeah it was just it was we not, should not do a special song. episode so your, your favorite friend, on canadian so friends canada's favorite friend yeah. oh, <laughs> you have a minivan you're the driver you could get five people in there which friend <laughs> do you leave behind i did not watch friends 
I have seen maybe three episodes, and I don't know if that's well, oh, yeah, it's it great. Was in the nineties. It's too new for you. You get to that in thirty years, that's right? right. I, I'm just I'm caught up on Barney Miller <laughs> now. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so what I know of Matthew Perry comes from other projects. And, uh, we like to, what? Because I don't know anything he's else he's been in. How was that Aaron Sorkin? Except for the Sunset Strip, Studio Studio Sixty on the Sunset Strip, something like that. Yeah, um, and 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 Growing Pains and. Um. So, I mean, w- without hearing the presentations on Nev Campbell and Matthew Perry, what would what would be your first guess for each of you? Uh, Matthew Perry's more oh, popular. He'll Matthew Perry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nev Campbell. I I think I've enjoyed Nev Campbell's work more, like Scream and stuff like that was great. But I think Matthew Perry is much better known in this <laughs> day and age. She kind of just like, she got famous, made her money and bowed out sort of thing. Right. One thing though, I think we're a little like, underestimating the, uh, the, the, uh, the passion of horror movie fans. And mm, well, horror, yeah. Horror movie fans are fucking rabid. And, uh, and when they see, Nev Campbell, you know, she's she's a final girl for a lot yeah. of people. Like if, yeah, it was, yeah. if Heather Langenkamp was Canadian, this would be a no contest for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, and, and let's not. I mean, we'll we'll hear from from Mel and Christine on this one. But I mean, Party of Five was a big part of a yeah. lot of people's mm-hmm. lives. Not mine. Mm-hmm. Never mind. <laughs> um, but that was a that was, was a big a show. Thing. That was a yeah. thing. Norm <laughs> McDonald and Mike Myers. Christine, what way do you think it's going to go? Or what way um, are you going? I forget how we usually do this. Oh my my goodness! I, what way would I vote? I think I would vote Norm. I think it, w- it will go Myers. Okay, Mark. I'm with Christine. I like Norm better, but I think Mike Myers is a bigger celebrity. Heather, I'm gonna go with Myers. Dan, Myers, and Matt. Uh, again, not unlike uh, Martin Short and Gordon Pinsent, uh, I, uh, I, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna lose this one, uh, but that's okay because you know what, shit happens. But uh, of course, I do think Michael, My- uh, Michael Myers. I, I can't stop. I know. <laughs> I think Mr. Myers is going to win, uh, but obviously, you know, I have my own uh, personal passions. Uh, but uh, let the chips fall where they may, of course. Uh, Peter Cullen against Dan Aykroyd. Matt, I'm going to get you first. Uh, thank you, Keith. Uh, just, first of all, uh, first and foremost, I want to say, Mark, your presentation was excellent. And uh, I found it extremely Thanks. enlightening uh, to, uh, because I didn't know a lot of the stuff you presented. And uh, a lot of the stuff you referenced uh, really spoke to me. Uh, having said that, uh, you know what? This is just maybe me personally on this. I'm just not, uh, yeah, Peter Cullen's been in my ear all my life, uh, but Dan Aykroyd's covering more senses. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. said. Yeah. Oh, Teen, this is a tricky one for you. This is, you're torn on this one, I can tell by nope, your... it's not tricky. All? Not tricky at all, Peter Cullen. Peter, Peter Cullen, very good. But okay. here's why. I decided that because... Listening to the presentations, mm-hmm. I was like, do I want to go, whose movies do I want to go watch now? Yeah. Or whose work do I want to go and watch? And I want to go watch a pile of 80s cartoons is what I want to do. Nice. <laughs> Mark, I, I know you're, you're think, yeah, I mean, you're obviously Peter Cullen, but how do you yeah. think it's going to go for peace? The one real tricky thing is where Dan Aykroyd is a ghost buster. 
Uh, even like the market of 80s cartoon fans that Peter Cullen pulls on, that can get divided a little bit. Mm-hmm. Dan Aykroyd just covers way more ground otherwise. Uh, if this was Canada's favorite voice actor, Peter Cullen's going to crush that <laughs> shit. But I think it's going to be a tough one for Peter Cullen to pull out. And I hope there's some rabid Gremlins, Predator, Eeyore, Transformers fans out there pulling. Here's hoping. Hit her. Uh, um, well, I am going to say Ackroyd because obviously he was my pick. And also I do think he's a little better known, a little more in people, not better known, I guess, but you know, he's more sort of in people's face more than their ear. Right, literally. Um, But I am, I have to say Mark's presentation has opened me up to the name Peter Cullen. And now I will, uh, you know, there's a, like, there's a lot of nostalgia there. I will hold Peter Cullen in a little place in my heart from now on, even though I yeah. hope I kick his ass. <laughs> yeah. this, this one is a target for, for your and I, our market age group, slightly older than these guys. Um, yeah. What way are you leaning here? Uh, well, I have to repeat Matt said, Mark, you great presentation um a lot of respect for voice actors and uh peter cullen obviously i've been watching him my whole life apparently um but growing up i had uh, two idols and they were hockey players and comedians and uh, one of my heroes was dan Aykroyd. so i will always go with dan Aykroyd. he really was like one of those people that i like looked up to when i was a kid i must have watched blues brothers like probably a hundred times so it's going to be Mr. Ackroyd for sure. For me, it's a tricky one. Um, Peter Cullen is a sentimental favorite. Dan Aykroyd is a sentimental favorite. There's just, it's absolutely impossible. Like we're talking Ray stands versus um, Ray stands versus Optimus Prime. We're talking, you know, so much eighties stuff in my head and they're both still alive and they're both still working. Mm. So this is tricky. I think um, I, uh, because I think Ackroyd has been criminally devalued over the years, um, I would vote for him based on that because this is a, a title that he deserves and I'd love to see him win because uh, he's he should not be a second banana to all these people he has chosen to be a second banana to. Um, <laughs> And uh, and I just think knowing how our, 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 our voters, a lot of them are just people that go on to Facebook. They see two pictures of two celebrities. They know one. They don't know the other one. I think mm-hmm. they'll pick Ackroyd. The sad part is, is that anyone that hears Mark's presentation, and Heather's as well, might be a little uh, a little more torn. But I just think the, the, the face and name recognition. Now, we could split the difference. I mentioned that Dan Ackroyd yeah. had a, young, a younger brother, Peter Ackroyd, who was a writer, we could just put Peter Ackroyd through the second round. It is a Peter Cullen and Dan Ackroyd. <laughs> I don't think we can do that. Now, now in the Facebook thing, though, uh, you could make it a little bit more fair, and, and you could show a picture of Optimus Prime for Peter Cullen. That's true. I opted not <laughs> or Eeyore. So, um, so we're gonna plug in my presentation and, and Melanie's presentation on Matthew Perry and Nev Campbell after the fact. We'll have a listen to them probably right now. 
Okay, so I'm presenting Nev Campbell, uh, who is probably best known for two distinct roles, orphaned teenager Julia Salinger in the 90s famdram Party of Five, before pulling a 180 and becoming Canada's very own Scream Queen as Sidney Prescott in the Scream franchise, which spawned three sequels. Nev appeared in all of them because, spoiler alert, she never dies. <laughs> Scream 4 is notable because it was actually the last film uh, Wes Craven directed before his death. The original Scream was unique because it simultaneously made fun of and relied on horror film tropes for its plot, which involves Nev's character and her high school friends being stalked by a killer known only as Ghostface. It was a huge commercial success, earning $173 million worldwide. Not bad for a movie with a budget of around $15 million. Now, it can be easy to roll our eyes at slasher flicks, but no one can deny that Scream ushered in a new era of horror films, mostly involving attractive teenagers running away from scary people wielding knives or with hooks for hands but it made the genre profitable again. Nev Campbell was born in Guelph, Ontario in 1973. She is a mother of two. Uh, she was actually born into a family of performers. Her father taught high school drama. Her grandparents ran a theater company. She is a trained ballerina, but ultimately moved into acting after a series of dance-related injuries. She appeared in a number of Canadian shows, including Catwalk and The Kids in the Hall. She is also a writer and a producer. Her breakthrough role in the U.S. was landing the part of Julia Salinger. Party of Five ran for six seasons, ending in 2000. It was a popular show, I was a big fan, and it won a Golden Globe for Best TV Drama. Nev also had a main role in the cult classic The Craft, a personal favorite of mine and the reason why my friends and I played so many rounds of light as a feather as teenagers. The Craft follows a group of teenage girls who start dabbling in witchcraft and it doesn't turn out so well. Nev Campbell also starred in 1998's erotic thriller Wild Things alongside Denise Richards, Matt Dillon, and Kevin Bacon, a real who's who of 1998. Only a few years ago, Glamour magazine ran an article with this headline, Hear Me Out, Wild Things is Surprisingly Feminist, in which the author describes the two female leads as, quote, two of the most well-rounded, fascinating, and exciting characters to ever grace the screen. So there's that. That same year, in 1998, Nev made People Magazine's list of the 50 most beautiful people, and again in 2000, and for what it's worth, she has also landed on lists of the world's sexiest actors. Uh, one of her more recent roles was as Leanne Harvey in the political thriller drama House of Cards alongside Robin Wright and He Who Shall Not Be Named. Unlike in Scream, Nev's character was actually successfully killed off in that series. In real life, despite living in Brooklyn, she has been quoted as saying that everything about American politics makes her glad to be a Canadian. There are too many credits to list, uh, but it is worth noting that Nev Campbell is also a theatre actor, having performed in London's West End in Arthur Miller's Resurrection Blues. Uh, she's also been in a number of other productions. 
Outside of acting, she is an outspoken advocate, raising awareness of epilepsy after her cousin was diagnosed with it.、Uh, her younger brother has Tourette syndrome, and she has also used her platform to raise awareness through the Tourette Syndrome Foundation of Canada. And that's Nev Campbell. Hey, this is Christine, and this is a bit of what I've learned about Matthew Perry. So Matthew Perry was born August nineteenth, nineteen sixty-nine. He's considered an a, an American Canadian actor, comedian, executive producer, screenwriter, and playwright. If you have a look at、uh, Matthew Perry's Wikipedia page, so he was born in the states, but he was raised in Canada. His mother is Suzanne Morrison, who was a journalist in Canada as well as the former press secretary to、uh, former Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau. So, familiar name for many of us these days.、Um, and also, his stepfather was the broadcast journalist、uh, Keith Morrison. He、um, he went to a private school in Canada, and then Matthew Perry actually began his his acting career、um, back in 1979. Uh, so he began his television career relatively early, and he did a bunch of、um, small parts on television shows. He appeared on Charles in Charge, Boys Will Be Boys. He appeared on Growing Pains, did an episode of Who's the Boss,、um, appeared on Beverly Hills 90210, believe it or not, and eventually landed himself on、um, what he is most famous for. I think his role on Friends, which ran for ten years and was an incredibly, incredibly popular sitcom.、Um, during the years that he was on Friends, he also did a bunch of small parts. On television shows and did some movies as well.、Um, a crossover episode of Caroline in the City where he portrayed Chandler Bing.、Um, he was in Three to Tango.、Uh, the Whole Nine Yards was, I think, one of his bigger、um, movies.、Uh, Fools Rush In, and then、um, actually when appeared on Ally McBeal as well. Friends wrapped in two thousand and four, and Matthew Perry continued working. He found himself from two thousand six to two thousand seven working on、uh, Studio sixty on the Sunset Strip, which I remember and and I really liked that show actually, and wished that there had been more of it. But at the time, I was also like really interested in Aaron Sorkin's television.、Um, so I don't know if it how well it would age if I were to go back and watch it again now. But I remember at the time really thinking, I wish we had more. Um, it really only got twenty-two episodes,、um, but it starred、uh, Matthew Perry along with Amanda Peet,、uh, Sarah Paulson, and others. It was、um, something I felt like I I expected that show to to run for a long time. Actually, and was surprised when it did not. So he has done some other television for sure. He had a role on Cougar Town, which、um, stars one of his friends' co-stars, Courtney Cox. Uh, he also did Web Therapy, which stars、um, which stars Lisa Kudrow, who's another Friends co-star. And I do think audiences, especially fans of Friends, get a kick out of seeing them、uh, together in other roles. And then most recently, he was in The Kennedys after Camelot. So I would say、uh, we haven't seen that much television from Matthew Perry as an actor, but he did get into writing,、um, even a play. Uh, called the end of longing,、um, which ran 
um, which had a short um, run off Broadway and a West End production as well. Uh, Matthew Perry also guest hosted Piers Morgan. I'm not a fan of Piers Morgan myself, but he did attempt to, you know, go on that show and have some conversations about substance use disorder, which Matthew Perry has spoken very openly about uh, substance use disorder and his own struggles with substance use disorder um, from back when he was on Friends. It is for so many people a lifelong struggle and he continued to uh, be a celebrity spokesperson and advocate in support of people who are struggling. Uh, he worked with the National Association of Drug Court Professionals and lobbied members of Congress in support of uh, funding drug courts. Now, drug courts themselves have come under some criticism, um, but in listening to interviews with Matthew Perry, it sort of seems more that he's really invested in supporting people and destigmatizing substance use disorders. So, um, so he has done some work in that area. It seems like more recently that work has fallen off, um, but he did at some point have a, uh, a, a sober living um, home uh, in, in his house um, and he did receive a Champion of Recovery Award for that in May 2013 but I my understanding is that um, that sort of transition house or sober living house is um, no longer being used for that for those purposes um, but he did he there was a period there where he was a pretty vocal advocate for um, in support of people who are experiencing substance use disorder and trying to get some support uh, and funding for those folks. Um, so Matthew Perry is a person who's, you know, I'm familiar with his bigger work, his more popular work, um, and I am somewhat familiar with, um, you know, some of his advocacy work, and I think it's really important, and I think it's really um you know, brave and necessary for people to speak out and hopefully uh, give voice to some folks that experience substance use disorders and try to destigmatize that a little bit. And I think that takes a lot of vulnerability. And he's a person that I think I really pull for. Um, you know, as far as Canada's favorite actor goes, I'm not sure. Um, in this round, he's up against Nev Campbell. We'll see how that shakes out. I don't know if he's a person who would really make it to the final round of Canada's favorite actor, but like I say, I, he's a person that I, I pull for in terms of his career. I think I I find his, you know, sort of very dry sarcasm entertaining. Um, and uh, and I would love to see more from from Matthew Perry, but uh, but also, you know, because he has shared his um struggles with substance use disorder and shared that sort of vulnerability uh, with the public. He also is just a person who I feel like just pulling for this human being to, to be okay and to be able to work and thrive. Um, so anyway, that's my bit for now about Matthew Perry. And, uh, and I guess that's it. Wherever you are, Whenever you are, thank you for listening. <laughs> I think we should just wrap what it up. What was that? <laughs> Dan Aykroyd's aliens are coming after us. Oh, oh, shit. Shit.